Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name is Joe Sage, I'm a music producer and mix engineer, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host Phil. Hello, I'm a mixing engineer too, and I work from, well, my business name is Vortis Sound Studios. It's quite a geeky origin, but there we are. <laughs> how you doing, mate? I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm all right. Yeah, still enjoying the lockdown. Time stamping mm. when we're recording this. Yep. What's the date today? It is twenty seventh of March. You <laughs> now. I think we've date stamped the last three, so you can tell we've stepped up our recording game <laughs> and we're we're going ahead. We're far ahead in the future right now. I think this is going to go out mid April. Maybe we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, no, but I'm good. Yeah, enjoying life at home all the time how about you i'm doing good i've taken up running again for the first time in a while what uh which is quite weird just in current circumstances uh obviously i'm now like essentially running away from people if i see them on the street yeah <laughs> adds a new level of jeopardy to it although i'm determined to not come across as rude so if i have to cross a road when i see someone coming i just shout morning with like a great big smile <laughs> on my face <laughs> refuse to be seen as rude your government mandated exercise. My government mandated You're exercise. One a day. Do you go out twice a day? Have you done that? No, just first thing in the morning. Good, got fifteen good. minutes running. Also, government mandated exercise is a band name waiting to happen. It is. Make it. I mean, maybe wait for the current situation to stop. It might be seen as a bit awkward otherwise. Somewhat. So, what are we going to chat about today, mate? So this week we are chatting about what does a producer do? Who who, who are these people and what are they about? Um. Now, Joe, I I happen to know, I've heard it on the grapevine, that you might be one of these mythical producers. I am. I am the unicorn that is a music producer. Oh, so you're in a prime position to answer some probing questions. Let's hope so. This is, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be mighty awkward. It's very awkward. Um, I mean, a great question to start, Joe, is, is mm -hmm. what is a producer and what do they do? <laughs> headline question, headline answer. So, annoyingly, I'm going to say it depends. There are many different types of producer depending on your genre. So what I can do is I can answer what, my, what I do in my producing role. So what I do is I take a band or an artist right from the start, so when they've got the first seed of an idea of a song, right through to their finished release and help them and manage them and coach them all the way through the creative process. So it's more of a, almost more of a coaching and managing role than a practical engineering type. Yeah, thing. it's got to be a bit of everything, I think. Okay. So there are many times when I'll give a shout out to um, my main guy, the guy that works with me a lot, Peter Rick Carrick, who is uh, the engineer. I've probably butchered his surname. It's, <laughs> very it's, sorry. it's very difficult to say. Um, I'm sure he'll forgive me is that uh, he will kind of do the engineering and I can have a completely creative role with the artist and just concentrate on things like arrangement and uh, emotion. And then there are some times where I'll be engineering as well. So it's got to be a completely flexible role. Mm. So what, I mean, you sort of already answered this, but I feel like it's a good question to answer. What's the difference between a producer and a recording engineer? So if a band goes into the studio sort of on their own back a lot of places will come with some kind of recording engineer a sound engineer to help you record the sounds but 
There's got there's got to be a difference between having that person in the room and a producer in the room. I think it's exactly that. So when you have a situation where there's just an engineer, you're going in and that might be the first time the engineer's ever heard of you or your band. So you're going in completely cold. What a producer does, or certainly what I do, is we will have, in some cases, a conversation months before and where we're talking about like your vision, what you kind of want from the process, what your goals are for the next year. I'll help you like decide on a studio. We'll work through the song arrangement and make sure that you're in 100% tip-top condition to actually hit record on the day. Ready, ready to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. So um, a few episodes ago, we talked about uh, what a mixing engineer does and how to hire one and things like that. Um, so I guess you're saying in a similar way you'd you'd approach or you'd want bands to approach you long before the date of the recording or whatever. Similar to when we were talking about mix engineers, the longer you do have, I think the better the results will be. There have been cases where I've taken on stuff a few hours before I've been asked, I've been flown into sessions last minute. But ultimately, I think prep time really, really helps the situation. So whether that be you're not wasting time going through uh, song arrangement or even picking the song. Picking the song is one of the most underrated aspects of being a producer and having more time and working on pre-production and stuff like that is something that really can't be underestimated. Pre-production, now there's a word I'd like Mm. to explore a bit more. So if you, um, so say a band approaches you, and then says, hello, Joe, we are, I don't know, um, some band. We're an indie band, let's say. Government mandated exercise. <laughs> We're government mandated exercise. And we'd like you to help us produce our next EP. What happens then? Cool. So my process, and I'll say this a thousand times, it depends from producer to producer, is I'll have a phone call or Skype meeting in the pub, which obviously is currently not permitted, so a lot of them are going on over Skype, um, where we kind of get to know each other a little bit. I feel that's quite important part of the process. This is someone who, if you're hiring a producer, that you're trusting with your creative child. So the last thing you want to happen is where you have disagreements with them or you don't get on with them. In some circumstances, when you're working in residential studios, you're living with them. (laughs) it would be awful if you didn't get on so yeah i'd say that's the first process yeah so then what what happens next so say the the band you know you kind of click um you you like their music or you like their style and the band like your approach to producing the way you've discussed it what would be the next step cool so typically if it's with me I'll have a conversation with them about a few things. So whether that be stylistically, what they're aiming for, bands they like the sound of, uh, how they want to record a record is really important because I think that influences the decision of what studio. You have some producers that stay in one studio and then you have people like me who have relationships with loads of studios across Europe where we will go and pick one and present a few options. So that's typically what I would do is if a band said to me, yeah, we want to record live, like everyone in the room, and we kind of want it to sound like these records. It might have been records that I've done previously. Then I can turn around to them and go, cool, well, these are the three options mm. that I think would suit you guys really well. 
take a bit of time to think over it and ask me any questions that you have about it. Fair. <laughs> so you're you're presenting them with um, studio options, places to record. Mm-hmm. Would I mean you can only speak personally for your own experience? Obviously, your your producer experience may vary, um, but. If um, someone was to hire you to uh, be the producer on their EP or whatever, would they pay separately for the studio or would they? Would it be part of the cost to you? So typically, and again, can't stress this enough, it's different for every producer, is I roll everything into one. So it's just one investment. Hmm. So you don't have to worry about like, is this person getting paid or how do we break down X, Y, and Z? So what I typically would say is to make these three songs that we might have discussed and them to be produced and work on in these stu- in this specific studio for this amount of dates, it would cost this much mm. or your investment would be this much. So it's very clear. Um, yeah. At least when bands approach you, obviously, as you say. Uh, yeah, I'm well aware that a lot of producers do it differently. Yeah, uh, that's fair. P- for personal preference just because it avoids any confusion i just go Mm. this is everything you get and it's included in this so people aren't worried oh well we need to get xyz is that going to be extra is that going to be extra it's clearly laid out you get this much for this much investment it's very very clear Mm. um so i guess they're paying you for a few things primarily so they're paying Mm. you for your experience as a producer and what you can bring creatively to the table but they're also paying you for your experience and your knowledge of various places to record and various ways of recording that um means that you can really get the best out of them and their sound 100 percent. there's a lot also to be said for the experience of making a record so once i've kind of got to know them in terms of their personality i want to recommend something that they can look back on and go oh wow that was such an amazing experience doing this record in like this studio that really suited our personality and our brand so to speak so that's something that's massively underrated Mm. so the band you've given the band a quote and they're like yeah cool let's go for it and then presumably the next stage is pre-production i guess what might that look like what actually happens in pre-production because it's a very um loose phrase that means different things to different people it is a very loose phrase and Again, you know what? I'm just going to stop saying that every every producer is different. I can just speak from what my personal experience is. The selection of what songs should be recorded is so, so, so underrated. It's a big bugbear that a lot of bands go, right, okay, we're going to record three songs. How many songs should we write? Three. Completely wrong approach. I would say... If you're working with me and we plan things with enough time and you've got a few months, typically my first bit of pre-production advice is go and write and demo as many songs as you physically can up until about 48 hours before the studio. Because you never know what songs are going to turn out just as an idea the night before. Case in point, I was working with a band and their stuff's coming out later this year where we were working on pre-production for about four to five months. And the night before, the band got to the studio slightly earlier than I did. And they just were having a jam. And that song is going to be their lead single off their next record. Boom. 
So you never know. It's it's like a muscle. It's like going to the gym. It's like going for a run. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Mm. Um, so I heard a great anecdote. I think it was from Aerosmith. It was someone like that kind of band where they were one of their biggest albums. Again, this is so vague, but I, I remember someone talking about it. Um, they wanted to do like a pretty standard eight to ten track album. Um, this is back back in the day, as they say. Um, and they demoed and they wrote over a hundred songs. So about 10% of what they wrote actually made it anywhere. Now, I'm sure that loads of those kind of random ideas um, pop up elsewhere and they kind of reuse maybe a chorus here or a verse there. But, I mean, that's a bit maybe a bit more extreme, but Joe is right. Do you know what? I'd, I'd say that's actually a pretty good ratio as well. Fair. Really being selective about which songs you're choosing and not just going, we now have... I don't know, five songs, let's do an EP, let's go in and do them all, is maybe not the best idea. No. So typically once kind of songs have been selected, and again, it can be something that can even be a decision in the studio, quite often a band will go, oh, now we've actually started getting this song down, we're not so keen on it, can we try just this other song really quickly? Because typically I like to track live, so the best thing is the band just go and pick up their instruments. I hit record and they go, okay, yep, cool. They've got the skeleton, 80% of the tracking done once they've done a take. So they get a really quick idea of what works. Obviously, I don't want them going through their entire back catalogue to see what sticks to the wall. But a little bit of experimentation doesn't hurt. So again, going back to pre-production, once songs have been picked, we'll go back and forth quite a bit on arrangements. So I'll be kind of saying, maybe try it this way, maybe try it that tempo. And just making the smallest tweaks. Because ultimately it's got to still be the band song. It's like I'm I'm not a band member. I'm just there to kind of nudge people in not even the right direction, just maybe directions they hadn't thought of before. I think is a is a good example mm. of uh of pre production. Creative nudge. Mm. So there's there's some there's some producers that I've heard and heard interviewed who will go in at almost like a deeper level than what you're talking about so they'll come in and help songwrite and help like reshape a song kind of almost completely to make it what almost the record needs um is that not your approach like i said before it's, it's got to be flexible so if a band does want me to do that then i'm more than happy to help them mold their songs but i'm never going to write something from scratch because that's that's songwriting that's something mm. that is an entirely different job the main thing for me is that with a lot of bands, they want to still sound like they've done it. Hmm. I think the worst thing you can be is heavy-handed. So I kind of always try and make sure that what I'm doing is is wanted, really. I'm not sticking my nose in where it's not needed. You want it to sound authentic to what the band actually sounds like? Yeah, it it's got to sound like the band, not me featuring the band. <laughs> which which is, I think, an issue that a lot of producers... Well, not yeah. a lot of producers have, but some producers have had. There's some producers that I know that you kind of go, yeah, that, I, I recognise that sound a million miles off. <laughs> mm. So you've gone through pre-production and obviously you've, um, you've booked the studio, so you've got your time set. Um, and then I guess the next stage is going into the studio. Mm -hmm. um, what is the role of a producer in a studio context so you've got the recording engineer there who's there to kind of capture the sound um and perhaps choose some mic positioning um but what does the producer do in that context 
similar to pre-production, it's about creative nudging and being what you need to be and not trying to be too heavy-handed. So I'm just trying to think from personal experience. There are times when my role is purely just kind of creative checking. So especially if the band are tracking live, I'll be the person to kind of go, cool, yeah, maybe try it this way, or that didn't quite work, maybe try it this way or another. It's almost like if it was a film set, I'd be the director and the band are the, are the star actors. Hmm. So you're just, yeah, as I say, you're kind of nudging, you're nudging things in the right direction, whatever that may be for the song and the band. Yeah, and again, it totally depends. So when I work with Peter, we often kind of swap over when it comes to technical stuff. So I can be like really specific about how I want like my snare drum to sound or whatever. So yeah, I will get in and start doing EQ and start moving moving mics and stuff like that. But then I've worked when I was uh, starting out, I worked with a producer called John Wood, who I kind of learned everything from. If you're not aware of him, like all I need to say is he worked on the Pink Floyd record. Fair. <laughs> That's <laughs> conversation over. So yeah, it it can totally depend from producer to producer. Hmm. So what, I guess you kind of already answered the question, but I really want to just kind of make it clear. What would be the major, major differences, the sort of headline differences between going with a producer to a studio and recording at home by yourselves? Now, obviously there is the difference between recording at home and being in a studio, which is a, a different kind of thing. But again, with a producer and without a producer, I guess, what's the big difference? So there's, like you said, there's the obvious technical things where if you're at home, I imagine you won't have the same recording equipment or the same space to actually record in. I think the big difference is having someone with an outside perspective Hmm. is really important. If you're a band that you've been writing and maybe performing this song for like six months it's really difficult to to change that or to notice if something doesn't sound quite right. I've been in bands and I've been in recording sessions before I was a producer where if you haven't got a producer on the session, if you're not feeling it and the song and the session kind of feels like it's falling apart, if you haven't got a producer, you haven't got someone who's there to kind of like steer the ship again. Mm. It's almost kind of what a producer's job is, is you're making sure it's kind of getting to where the band want to go. If you haven't got a producer, a studio engineer isn't going to turn around and go, well, maybe try this arrangement. Maybe try changing the harmony of this and that. It's, It's all the technical aspects married in with the creative and songwriting aspects as well. A, br- a bridge between the creative mm-hmm. and the technical, I guess. I think, yeah, that that's <coughs> that's also another good point. It's almost the, the translation between creative to technical. Mm. So a band might go, okay, cool, well, I want it to kind of sound like X, Y, and Z, or I want it to emote these things. I'm going, okay, I totally understand that vision. And I also have the technical know-how to turn around and go, okay, well, we need to move the mics to these positions. We need to try these techniques or whatever to actually get there in the end. So, yeah, you help kind of curate the emotion into something tangible that could be heard at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. The the end goal of it really is I want the song to sound exactly like the band have got it in their head. Mm. That I feel is the, if there was to be one top line, it's that. 
is as long as the band are happy with it and as long as it's their vision seen out then that's my job that's my job done i'm i'm very happy chappy at that point so what i guess my next kind of big question that i want to kind of answer because some people probably will be thinking this is you can obviously as a band you could hire a producer and slash or you could hire a mixing engineer which is a very different role but what what i guess what is the big difference between someone who comes in and produces and a mixing engineer and can they be the same person or is that kind of what what's what's your take on that to answer the second part of the question quickly yes they can be the same person because i often mix the same stuff that i'm producing i think i think the main differences between two is mixing is kind of all post production whereas the producing is kind of everything before that and you can kind of make wholesale changes if needed in the moment. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Phil, but certainly as a mix engineer, when I've not produced it, if we were going to go back to that filming analogy, if you're the producer, you're the director, so you can move things about and kind of go, okay, well, this isn't quite work, this doesn't quite work. Whereas if it wasn't captured right on set and you're just a mixing engineer afterwards, or like in the film example, the editing engineer, then you have to kind of make the the best of what's there. Yes. One of the big roles is to kind of pull emotion um, and shift the focus of the listener in various directions toward the band. But if in the actual recording that the mix engineer has, there isn't the right elements, the right sections, the right um, things to focus, then it's just not going to quite sound right. I know that sounds a bit kind of vague, but um, yeah, if it's um not captured in the studio in the first place then there won't be very much to for the mix engineer to focus on (laughs) Mm, completely agree what in your opinion are the qualities of a good producer and then in the same kind of token what are some red flags to avoid when looking for a producer Mm, okay so good qualities and i think they all kind of lend into red flags if they haven't got these qualities one is man management i think is a is a massive thing so a producer almost in some studio situations can become a referee. You've got to be a UN peacekeeper when attentions <laughs> are getting quite high between band members. Uh, leads again into like a red flag of if you're hiring a producer and they're being pretty aloof with you at the start and you don't get on with them, if they're feeling a bit off, it can often just go down to gut feeling. I think that should be a pretty big red flag. Mm. Another uh, good quality of producer is just making it a fun experience i think what people forget is that it's making a record should be fun hmm. so they should be a fun person to be around i've been really lucky to work with some insane producers when i've just been engineering and the one common trait they had between them and i mean we're talking like uh matt lawrence and like john wood all these kind of massive names that they were all really pleasant people to be around. It's It sounds really daft, but all the top producers have been really nice people to be around. Shows. So you've gone into the studio and recorded the thing and the producers helped. I'm sorry, I'm pretending that I'm in a band almost. So recorded the thing, um, the producers helped kind of focus the thing, focus the music, um, and it's been mixed um, by a mixing engineer or by the producer or whoever um, 
now and it's been mastered. So can a producer help with the release schedule or is that kind of the end of the producer's role once it's been finished as a, a, a piece of sound? Um, is that the end of the producer's role or is there further to go? Traditionally, yes. For me, no. So, <laughs> which which is, yeah, quite confusing. But I typically will help a lot of musicians with their release strategy, hmm. at least certainly in getting the foundations right. So part of it is, let's be honest, is vested interest because if their song does really well, then I do really well by proxy as well. Quids in. Another element of it is their goal might be at the start of it, okay, we wanted to get X amount of streams on Spotify. If they don't do the foundational things that I know about, but they might have slipped their mind... And it's part of my role as a producer to help them with it and hmm. provide them with the information that they need. So yeah, that's I think that is almost, I think, the difference between me and some producers, obviously not all, hmm. I can't speak for everyone, is that I tend to help bands with their release strategy afterwards. And a lot of that can come from conversations during pre-production. Again, referring back to song choice, if they're saying... We want to get featured on BBC Introducing or radio. And then they say, yeah, we want to choose this 12 and a half minute bagpipe solo. Yes. Then it's fairly obvious that someone needs to go. You, you might need to write a three and a half minute more traditional song if you want to get on radio. Every band needs a bagpipe solo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that a could great, be our first merch. I know a great <laughs> I know a great metal band with some bagpipes in. Um, all I know is the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Oh, oh my, yes. I forgot about them. <laughs> I no will. one forgets about that. If you've seen them live, like I unfortunately have, then... <laughs> I cannot for the life of me remember the name of this metal band with the bagpipes in, but I will throw the link in the show notes so you will hear the glory. <laughs> I apologise in advance. That's I don't. all I'm going to say. I do not. Um, Joe, I, I really, I guess, kind of going back a bit in the conversation, um, what as a producer what do you look for in a band that you want to work with what kind of makes you go yes that's a great band to work with because mm. i think that's a great um thing for bands to bear in mind before they look for a producer to have their ducks in a row yeah that's that's a really really good thing um so one i'd say is have an answer for what is your band like what's your mission kind of if you were to write a bio like what would it be where you want to be in a year I think is a massive thing mm. and what you want to get out of that producer, like instead of going to the producer going, well, yeah, we want you to work, work with you. It'd be a much better answer if you said, Hey, yeah, we want to work with you because we want to have this much more raw live sound or like polished pop sound for our single that we want to release next February is a much more concise answer that ultimately will win the producer even more and will allow the producer to help you quicker. Mm. You'll get much quicker to the bottom of uh, if you should work with that producer because the producer can turn around and go, oh, I can do that. Or they'll go, that, that's not me. You need to find someone else for that. So I guess you're, as a producer, you're looking for someone who, a band who know what they're heading towards and know what they want to be. Yeah, it's a clear vision. And uh, another aspect of it as well is being a, a good hang. Hmm. It sounds stupid, but it is really, really important. People want to work with people they get on with. It's as simple as that. To coin a phrase, 
which we used to use a lot. Don't be a d Don't be a d please. <laughs> so Joe, I guess another question to think about um, is, is there a, a context where you think a band should consider um, producing themselves, maybe at home studio or in a, a record studio? Yeah, I definitely think there is scope for it. What I would say is you will not have access to that outside perspective that I think is really, really important. Hmm. Some of my, I would say, highlights of a producer have been times where I've just suggested to the guitarist, like, try that just semitone down, just change the harmony a little bit. And you instantly get that almost comical whip round of heads of everyone that as soon as he plays it, everyone just goes, oh my God, what? <laughs> like, that, that's, the, that's the one. It becomes the pivotal part of the song. Mm. And if you haven't got someone who isn't in the band and hasn't heard that song for six to eight months, God knows how many times a week, with that outside perspective, you won't have those, those moments. Mm. So to attempt to summarise what Joe's been talking about, um, if you want to hire a producer, same as a mixing engineer, you need to think about this long ahead of... Um, when you want to record uh, you want to consider writing loads more songs than you intend to record because that will give your producer more to work with um, you need to obviously have a good conversation with your producer make sure that you're the right fit for each other make sure that um, you're going to have fun in the studio together and that they're the right person to kind of help you refine your music and refine your ep or whatever it is you're recording um you want to make sure that you are hiring the right person, so avoid the red flags as discussed. Make sure that they are a great person to work with and you've seen their credits and things like that so you know what they've done before. Um, that's always a good idea. Mm, just to add to that as well, personal references go a long way. Oh, yes. So I'll more than happily pass you on personal references of people I've worked with. So if you're in a band and you're interested in working with me, reach out we'll have a chat and part of that chat is not only do you get to hear the songs i'll pass you on to like a few of people who've worked with me and you can ask them like what was the experience and you can have a one-on-one -on -one chat that i think has quite an important role in deciding on a producer hmm. because ultimately every song's different if you hear something that you like it doesn't necessarily mean like oh that that maybe not in our genre or maybe we don't want to sound like that Whereas if you have a personal reference where you can go, what was this experience like? It's a much more detailed reference. It goes a long way. And if you mm. want to ask Joe for those or work with Joe, then his contact details are in the show notes, as are mine, but I am not a producer. So if you're looking for a producer, don't talk to me. If you're looking for a mix engineer, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> Absolutely. A good valid point is that if you want to hear this similar episode, but for mix engineers, circle back because there's an episode all about that. Yes. Cool. So I think that leads us on to our Artist of the Week. Oh. I feel like we should have a fanfare or something at that point. Da, da, da. So this week's band uh, is called Alkanes. They're from Inverness. The temptation to do a Scottish accent is very high, no, but I'm no. resisting. Don't do it. No, nope. I'm well aware it's not appropriate. Um, really cool duo. They're, uh, like I said, from Inverness. Uh, you can find more about them if you search on Facebook for at Alkane's band, that is A-L-K-A-N-E-S. I'm sure Phil will put all this information in the show notes. Yep. So yeah, to finish this episode out, here's their single, Make It Right. Goodbye. Goodbye from me. 
just say bye. Bye. <laughs>